It's Palm Sunday. Hosanna. Hosanna. Wow, I didn't even tell you what to do, and you knew what to do. That's awesome. So, poor Bishop Hooper, Jesse and Leah, I don't know where you are right now. Oh, there you She's back there. That's good. Awesome. Thank you. It's incredible to have you guys here to lead us in worship, to get our hearts prepared to hear his word. As we heard the story, Jesus had just returned back to his good friend's house, to Lazarus, to Mary, to Martha. And the very next day, right after he's anointed, they go towards Jerusalem. Even though there's been death threats against him and his friend Lazarus, they get up and they go right into it, right into battle. The story of Lazarus being raised from the dead has made the crowds swell. They are so excited to see Jesus that the, from one word of one person, Jesus is coming. You can almost imagine it. They're in their homes and a neighbor runs and says, Jesus is coming. And they run out because this is the guy that could be the Messiah. In the Gospel of John, it says, John chapter 12, many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason why so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about his miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. People were actually believing that Jesus was the Messiah because of the sign of Lazarus. The opponents of Jesus even briefly gave up. If you recall the Gospels and the stories that we've been listening to, the Pharisees were tenacious at going after Jesus. They looked for every opportunity, but at this point they said, we can't do anything. Everyone has gone after him. As Jesus begins to enter Jerusalem, we got to see a little bit of that picture as the kids walked up here with their palms. And they laid their palms. Well, they didn't lay their palms down. Now they are. They're all over the place. They laid their palms down because it was a royal treatment for him to walk upon. They wanted him to know, we believe that you are our king. We believe that you will change our oppression. We believe in you, Jesus. And they said, Hosanna. Now, the first time I heard Hosanna, it probably was from John chapter 12, verse thing. Verse 13, they said, So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. This word Hosanna, when I first heard this, I was just, or not heard it, but really thought about it. I was just kind of learning how to read. And back in the day, a few decades ago, actually it's still going on today, in many Lutheran churches, they use a hymnal, a book of psalms and hymns, and for Lutherans, liturgy or an order of worship. And in this particular book, it's a red hymnal. We have different colors. But in this red hymnal, we would always sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. 
It was part of the liturgy. Well, up until this point, I had heard this every Sunday, even as a little baby. I thought I knew all the stuff. I didn't even need the hymnal. But because I was beginning to read, I opened it up, and I was like, oh, I can read this. So I was going to be like an adult, and I was going to read through the hymnal and sing and do all the stuff that all these adults do. And my parents were pleased because I wasn't doing other things. So I had my hymnal, and I was, we were about ready to go, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. That's how it's supposed to go. And I wasn't reading the thing yet because it had already come up. And I looked, and I was going, oh, Santa, oh, Santa, oh, Santa in the highest. And then I looked. And I was like, wait a minute, we're not singing about Santa? This isn't about Christmas? I thought this was about Christmas. It ruined it for me. But I was so proud I could read. But it ruined the whole word of Hosanna. So this last week actually was another week when I looked at Hosanna, and I didn't say, oh, Santa, but whenever I see Hosanna, I always go, oh, Santa. <laughs> but Hosanna actually means God save us now. So when the people were saying, Hosanna, they weren't saying, oh, Santa, save us now. They were saying, God save us now. And for some reason... For 43 years, I've heard Hosanna because I've never missed a Palm Sunday. How many of you can say you've never missed a Palm Sunday for 43 years? No, you're not there yet. Oh, we got a couple in the house. All right. Let's have an old Santa for that. The reason is because we would always go. I don't think I was ever, even if I was sick, I think my parents would be like, it's Palm Sunday, you'll be in church. We were always there, but I give thanks for that because whether I always fall, fully participate, what God promises is that he always fully participates. So even if I'm sitting there and I'm thinking it's all about Santa, God is still participating within my heart. That is the faithfulness of God. But as we think about this word, Hosanna, God save us now, I wonder how often do we say the same thing? How often do we say, God, save me now, just like the people then? Now remember, their perspective was they were subjected under the Roman authority. They were paying huge taxes. They were seeing a lot of their, their production leave their hands and go into the production of the Roman authority. In fact, I wonder how many people, because they saw that Jesus had done these things, they were so excited that as he was walking, things would begin to change now. That Jesus would save them now. As they laid those palms down, get into the story, Jesus is coming into their capital, Jerusalem. And it's sad that just four days later, 
almost everyone would lose faith. In fact, I wonder if it wasn't even four days later for many, if it was minutes later. That the moment he entered Jerusalem, the picture that they saw was not a changed Jerusalem. The Romans were not being expelled. In fact, historically, we know that during that time, they actually increased the guard. So instead of seeing less soldiers or soldiers packing up their gear and leaving because the king, the Messiah, had arrived, double the guard were there. More oppression was there. Jesus had changed nothing. So for some, I believe it was minutes. They said, he's not the Messiah. The Messiah was supposed to give us all this stuff back. So quickly, they would change and soon call out Barabbas. We want him. So quickly they would forget he raised Lazarus from the dead. So quickly they would forget that he fed 5,000. So quickly they'd forget that he exercised demons. So quickly they would forget that he brought peace and hope to so many. So quickly they forgot. Can you relate? Jesus, save me now from this oppression, from my financial problems, from my marital problems, from my child problems, from my... The social injustice that I see today. Jesus, save me now. Jesus, save me from the disease. Jesus, save me from death. Maybe it's your first time that you've really said a prayer like that. Jesus, help me. It's something that we use here at Oikos that everyone can say, Jesus, help me. In the moment, if you don't know what to say, say, Jesus, Help me. Or maybe you could just say, oh, Hosanna. Jesus, save me now. It's almost the same thing, right? Take me from this oppression into something else. And you say, Jesus, help me. And just like the crowd as they enter Jerusalem, nothing happens. Your relationship with your husband hasn't changed, or at least you can't see it. Your bank account is still negative, and you don't see any more income. Jesus, help me. And yet Jesus seems to be doing nothing. Can you relate? Is Jesus hearing your prayer, or is he just ignoring you? Does Jesus care to help you? Or can your eyes just simply not see what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do? There's been many times in my life when I've prayed, Jesus, help. And I'm kind of looking for an instantaneous change. But I don't see anything. And I think what I've seen in others when I've helped them walk through their faith 
they've said the same thing. Jesus, help me, and yet things don't seem to change. And they end up saying, if nothing's going to change, why should I restrict myself, restrict myself from following his ways, his words, and his works? What's the point? So I believe our message for Palm Sunday, for this Palm Sunday, because I do believe that the Lord presented this word, Hosanna, for me, not just to remember what I used to think it was, to really reflect on what is it right now. Jesus, save us now. That the word from the Lord is patience and perspective. Patience as he works, patience in our problems, patience as he saves us. And the word patience is rooted in hope. It's hard to be patient if you lose hope that change will ever happen. It's hard to be patient if you lose hope that God is actually working. It's hard to be patient if you lose hope that God really cares. It's hard to be patient if you can't keep hope in your heart. Because when hope is there, patience will follow. Now, I, that, I don't have a lot of proof on that. That's just what I believe. From my own experience, it's when I start to lose hope that I can't be patient. When I start to think that my child will never change, I become impatient. When I approach something that I go, is never going to change, and I lost hope, I lose patience. But not only do we need patience, we also need a change in our perspective. And I have to ask God for this often. The prayer that I say is, Lord, help me to see what you see and hear what you hear and touch what you touch. Feel what you feel. So that I won't lose patience. Because I don't want to lose hope. Help me to remember who you are. And then I give, give him thanks. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for being faithful even when I'm unfaithful. Thank you, Lord for continuing to be persistent even when I am not. Thank you for saving me even when I think you're not. Because our current circumstances do not change the way God's perspective on us. It doesn't change his perspective on us. Our current circumstances, though they change his perspective on us, stays the same that we are worth saving. We are worth more than anything else in His creation. And for more than thousands of years, He has pursued us. And not just a group of us, but individually, He has pursued you to come home. 
God is saving us, even when we're running from that saving. God is working on us, even when we think we've got our walls up. God is saving us, even when we're rebelling. God is working, even when we can't see it. So we ask for a change of our perspective that perhaps we can see a glimpse of what he's seen so that our hope will be sustained. So that we would have patience for the next day. Jesus was patient and he had a right perspective. He was patient enough to endure the cross for us. And his perspective, even as he faced it, he knew it would not be good for him, but it would save us. He knew entering in Jerusalem that many would turn. But he didn't stop. He knew entering Jerusalem, actually being in the city, would be the last of his days. But he didn't run the other way. He knew that at the beginning of his ministry... There were times when he had to tell his disciples, don't tell anyone, because he was patient in the plan that God had given him. And he never lost hope. He never lost hope in you. He still doesn't. That our hearts would be turned. That we would be free. That we'd respond as his people that we would claim that identity as his children, that we live as his family. He never loses hope, even when you have lost it completely. So what that means for us is that sometimes we're going to be walking on palms and everything's going to be going awesomely. And we're going to be like, God is for us. My marriage is going so great right now. If you talk to anyone that's been married for 50 years, most people go, there are some great times and there are some other times. For parents, you'll be like, oh my gosh, our kids listened to everything we had to say. In fact, they just sat there. Actually, that's never happened. But I, so I have hope that one day I'll start talking and my kids will be like, oh, Dad, we love you. We love the, your, the sound of your voice. You're so wise. And that may not happen until heaven. And probably not then because they'll be doing that for Jesus. But we have hope sustained in us because there is change happening in our lives. There are things that are going on that we cannot see. And we'll be walking on those palms and things will be great. And then they'll end. And we'll step off the palms into something else. And just as Jesus stepped off those palms right into Jerusalem, he faced severe oppression. And we may... In fact, we will as well. And that's not to scare you. Because even as he stepped off those palms and everyone was for him, 
And then the moment he stepped off, everyone was against him. There was someone that was always for him, and that was the Father. Who never leaves us or forsakes us because of what Jesus did. And so when our circumstances change and we step off those palms and we realize things kind of suck, the Father is for us. The Father loves us. And He will not leave us. I pray that as we continue this celebration this week, as we go through the experience of our concert this week as we look at a visual expression of our community of what faith with Jesus looks like to them. As we listen to songs that have been developed by a lot of different artists that will hear God's word speak to us. As we taste his body and blood as we celebrate communion on Thursday that we will know that God is absolutely in us. I pray as we go into Good Friday that we will recognize the great sacrifice that Jesus made. That he was separated from his Father so that we would not have to be. That he took sin upon his shoulders so that we would not have to carry that burden. That he was pinned and nailed to a cross so that we could be free. And as we enter Easter morning, anybody excited about Easter? See, the kids are all in CK, otherwise I would have been like, yeah. But you guys are like, mm-hmm, yeah. Anyone excited about Easter? Yeah. yeah. Because on Easter, we get to see that death can have no victory. We're all going to die unless Jesus comes before that day. I mean, I think it's funny sometimes because we'll see someone getting close to death. And in fact, I had a conversation with my neighbor. Don't worry, I'm almost done. Um, had a conversation with my neighbor. Jason only gave me 15 minutes today, just FYI. So had a conversation with my neighbor. And he was, we're talking about another neighbor who has terminal cancer. We just found this out. And he goes, oh, man. You know, I don't want to go that way. And then even he said the truth of God. But I guess we all have to go some way. And we do. We don't have to fear death, though, because we know that death is not the end. We know that our everlasting life started the day Jesus entered us. Whether that was on your baptismal day, for me, I was like three weeks old, guys. That's why I was, I've never missed Palm Sunday. I bet I didn't even miss Palm Sunday when I was in my mother's womb because she was there every Sunday. Or it starts on the day that you first hear those sweet words of Jesus, I died for you because I love you. And you believe that because of his sacrifice and his resurrection, you have life. Death has no victory. And that's what we celebrate this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that we can say Hosanna and mean it. But in those times that we forget,
Send your spirit upon us, Lord. May he hover over us, reminding us that you are working very hard for us. That you are absolutely for us, no matter how many people are against us. Lord, I pray that you would send peace into our hearts this day. May you send joy into our hearts this day. May you send hope into our hearts this day. And most importantly, may you send your love. The love that came before we could even understand what love is. Settle us. Ground us. As we live in you. Hosanna, Lord. Thank you. And as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, may our hearts be settled into the fact that he understands us because he lived as one of us. And then he invites us to live with patience and a perspective that God is for us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.